Awesome, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of It Is What It Is podcast. Like, I appreciate everyone. I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you watching this. I appreciate you supporting this. And if you want to keep supporting this, you got to do two things. You got to follow me on my two favorite platforms. The first one is Instagram, mm-hmm. CVMK33. And the second one on YouTube at YouTube at CV Space K. We are where all podcasts are heard. And I do me all. I mean, if your preference is Stitcher, Google, Anchor, Spotify, Apple, however, wherever we are there. I hope I'm on Audible. I'm still waiting for that confirmation to come through. Mm. Jeff Bezos I have an amazing guest in an amazing episode focusing on being vulnerable enough to heal. Mm. I have the amazing, the talented, the one, the only Stephanie. Stephanie, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Doing Man, well. What a bright introduction. That's like, oh, <laughs> I feel like I should get up and walk in. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> you're good. I'm, you're good. I'm excited to have you. Thank you so much for Thank being you for on me. Anytime. Look, we we connected and we, we talked about, you know, where the focus should go, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you were transparent. First of all, I appreciate your transparency. Anytime anybody shares a story with you, mm-hmm. that is to be noted, right? Uh, we talked about dealing with mental health and uh, addressing these issues, these yeah. these wounds that a lot of times we just totally ignore. And mm-hmm. if you are a member, like we are, mm-hmm. of the Black community, African-American community, the diaspora, however you want to phrase it. I don't even know what the appropriate terminology anymore is. It keeps, it, it keeps changing from day to day. But it is, like you mentioned, it is a big umbrella. Mm-hmm. And mental health still is taboo. We yeah. obviously know we're affected, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. We obviously know well, we're hurting. We have a populace that is hurting. Right. Uh, but yeah. actually having the courage to go through the process mm-hmm. is another thing. Yeah. So before we get into it, <laughs> what, what made you say, I have to start healing? It actually, I think... Because, you know, full disclosure, I'll be 40 this year. Uh, It was around my 32nd birthday, I think. Let's see. Hold on. How old's my nephew? He will. Wow. Yeah, no. Around 31st. 31st was like a weird year for me. Like for a week around my birthday, I was crying every day. Like I was just miserable. And it was just like, one, I essentially had been off and on therapy, but I didn't find my ther- my therapist, aka my person. I tell a lot of people when they're like, I want to get into therapy. I'm like, just realize the first person you go to is probably not going to be the person you're going to stick with. Mm-hmm. Um, and after a while, once you get a good um, relationship with them, then they'll become your person because I have my person now. Um, so it's weird not to be in person with her because of COVID. So it's like, we have to do it by, you know, it's best telemedicine because that's the new thing. And I'm like, oh God, I'm like, I miss just sitting in her presence. I don't know what it is. Um, But that moment of hitting a wall of, I'm not only just harming myself mentally, but I'm actually lashing out to people that I love because I had a very big, and it's like weird to say, but heartbreak. And it's kind of like, as someone who has dealt with um, self-esteem issues my entire life, someone who has literally been, I'm a reformed people pleaser. So I have used to been 
being a doormat and just doing what everybody wants. And the reason I'm doing it is because I don't want people not to like me. So it's like anytime, like I'm running myself ragged, trying to please everybody and be everybody's jolly fat friend. I'm going to tell anybody who's listening who is fat right now, baby, please stop that. It's like, they don't have to tell you anything. You are beautiful the way you are. You are handsome the way you are. And you don't have to bend yourself up because the people around you that you're bending for, they're not bending for you. They're giving you, they have their standard and it's okay for you to have a standard. So I had a bad heartbreak and I was just a miserable person around to be around. And my mother and I were actually going to the supermarket giant and like we were getting out of the car and she said, stop, I need to tell you something. I need you to go to therapy. I need you to go because you are harming yourself and it is scaring me. I'm worried about you. And she had never said that to me. And I was just like, oh. So then I started my journey on getting a therapist. The first therapist I went to wanted, literally wanted to put me on medication in um, Essex. And I was like, girl, are you nuts? I'm not going on. Because one, once you go on those kind of medications, it's so hard. You can't just start and stop it. You just can't. They can lower your dosage or they can increase it. But it's like going from zero to it's not going to work. So I was like, I don't know if I like that. And then I did find a person and then I <laughs> I went to them for a couple of years and then I lost my job and my insurance changed and I had to stop. And then I went about it a different way. So I had a friend who is in social work and I have a friend who's a therapist. And I asked both of them, I'm like, I'm looking for a therapist. I want, they're like, what kind of therapist do you want? I'm like, I want a Christian therapist. I want a black woman. And I found my person. And that's how it is. So then it started with us meeting close to my, um, close to my, where I was living at the time and we would meet and it was great. Then she decided to strike out on her own with her own business. And she was like, I'm letting people know if you want to stay, it's okay. And I was like, um, will you take my insurance? She's like, oh yeah, I'm filling out for all insurances. And I was like, oh yeah, so I'm going with you. And that was fine. So she went from being meeting me where like maybe five minutes from my house to the other side of the city. And that's how much my mental health mattered to me. It was like, Oh, it's on the other side of the city. I'm like, yeah, I don't care. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, I don't care because I think about the work that I have been doing on myself and has been facilitated by someone, one, a black woman who looks like me. Mm-hmm. Um, and also someone who actually cares. And so for me, I tell a lot of black women is like, you, you probably have seen this if you Google it, how Black women definitely say having a therapist who looks like me, a Black woman, it means so much. It, it just it just resonates with you differently. This is why I always tell people like, oh, I'm looking for different therapists. Where should I start? I'm like, well, if you're a Black woman, start a therapy for Black girls. Start with her site. She built that up really nicely and she has a directory like i'm trying to get my therapist in that directory (laughs) i'm like you should be in this directory because you're very good at your job um but definitely start branching out and if you know other women ask them they're like where did you find your therapist oh i found them on this website oh i can see if i can get a referral it's like you got to use your network because i think if i was just going by myself i probably wouldn't have found my therapist it's a very long answer. No, you're good. No, thank you. <laughs> I, and that's why I think, you know, diversity is so needed. Um, mm. One of the things that you hit on, I think two parts. Uh, the first part is probably either A, recognizing the signs of somebody being close to you, close enough to you to recognize the signs. Mm-hmm. What, you know, what are those signs? Because I, I think that, I think we all need, a process and we all need counseling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What, 
what is like that like oh no you know is there like an oh no moment I think there is a oh no moment. I think okay. mine was that I'm generally a happy person, but I, and I'm also talkative, hence why I have a podcast. Um, but I think I got very quiet. Hmm. I like basically retreated into myself, and my mother noticed it. They're just, she was like, "You just say it's like you ask me a question. It's like it's like I was very curt and I was very sharp." And my mother noticed it. Like, this isn't like, are you okay? And it was just because I was so angry at what was going on. I'm angry that I let someone in my life and I ignored all the red signs, all the red flags, all the bad signs, all the signs that say you should not be with this person. And the only reason why I didn't is because I'm like, I didn't want to be alone. So that's why I just ignored it. And then it was like, after a while, it's like, yeah, I can't do this anymore. And so it's the feeling of you're mad at yourself. And it's just like, I can't believe how stupid I'm being. And it's like, you're beating yourself up. That's when you know you need to, like, you need to talk to someone. Where it's like, I might need to change my thinking. Because beating up yourself is just not how you heal. You'll be like, oh my God, I'm such a stupid person. It's like, no, you're human. You're just a person. It's like, you mistakes are literally human nature. It's like, yeah, there's only one perfect person and he was on a cross. Yeah, and he died. So right. yeah. and he died. Yeah. And it's like he died a perfect person. That's the only person who ever died perfect. Yeah. There's no way you can be. And it's okay to just it's okay to make mistakes. Because if you never make mistakes, you never grow. Message. It's like you're not gonna grow at all. Yeah. That makes sense. How yeah. you know you uh finding your person. I think, you know, if you hear that, I live in Chicago, so you you might as well hear anything, any type of siren, anything. So, um, you know, what is it? And, you know, things happen. I am from know. Chicago. <laughs> I am from Chicago. Right. You got to you gotta throw it a little, you know, deep little dish. You know, what you got? <laughs> but, um, you know, finding your person, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm sure that was difficult because, first of all, it's not like, um, diversity is a buzzword right now. It's not even like a, a, a true implementation, right? So as much as we want diversity, these... add a black person. So that's not exactly. diversity. So I need you to stop. Right, right, right. And, <laughs> like, and that's, how a lot of, yeah. that's how a lot of industries and companies approach it, mm-hmm. right? Because they don't because they don't value beings as a whole. So it's like, oh, well, that just means we got to add, you know, we got to look for that one, right? <laughs> so yeah. it's like, yeah, so there's diversity within every ethnic group every yeah. cultural like so like i have an asian person so are they korean chinese mandarin Hmong, oh, so, um indian which what do you mean indian india's in south asia right. <gasps> what I'm like right yeah what? and that's that's <laughs> that's a lot of because we have the lack the, the literally the lack of representation can you like what was like when you first got paired and that person mm-hmm. didn't look like you that yeah, didn't, you know, like, what was that like experience to sit there and be like, because I'm sure, you know, we think about everything that transpired last year. And I know mm-hmm. a thought had to be like, do you like me? Do you love me? You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe in terms of home, girl, it, that was a woman who wanted to put me on Madeline. I was like, yeah, so I'm gonna get you on this Madeline. What? It's like, you have not even had a, it was the first meeting of her. Oh, and wow. I was just like, you want to put me on medicine and you've only spent like maybe 45 minutes. 
And I was like, I don't know if I like this. And so I remember telling my mother and she goes, yeah, keep looking. Cause why would she, I'm like, I have no idea, but there are some people who only believe in chemical ways to regulate moods. And it's like, yeah, everybody doesn't need medication. There are some people who do. And it's like, when you do, you have to find that right mix because that also takes time. They can be like, I'm going to start you in this. And then that one gives you screaming nightmares. Okay. So we're going to change your medication because we don't want any more screaming nightmares with Mm -hmm. you. (laughs) It's like, if you see any of those commercials, the infomercials, like commercials, not even infomercials, commercials for, um, antidepressant yeah. medicine. You see all the stuff and you hear all the side effects and you're like, wait, what? I'm like, oh, but then it's like there are people who need that kind of intervention to function. And it's like, wow. And you have to run the gamut of, I could harm myself. I'm like, that's just a lot for me. So it was like, seeing her was just like, yeah, no. I cannot talk about my whole black woman life with this white lady with blonde hair. It's not going to work for me. I'm like, I need a black woman who looks like me, quite frankly. I I, I can't. I, I just can't. No. It sounds bad, but it's like, I'm sorry, lady. You're probably really nice, but you're not who I need to talk to <laughs> at all. Do you, do you ever feel that because of the historical um, incidents that have happened like tuskegee right this distrust of the medical community from the black community is not only valid but until at least an apology right like i've never i don't know about you i've never heard anybody say i'm sorry for slavery like i'm sorry you know like you know this the basics we're talking about a bill talk about it ass. we're not talking about, <laughs> talk about it. right legislation we're just talking about a Hey, I'm sorry for owning you. You know, like, have you, do you think that it starts there? No, because there's literally no apology. There's no, No. there, Webster has not invented the enough words for one, what slavery has done to the world, because America wasn't the only place they had slavery. Um, Technically, January 1st, 1863 is when Emancipation Proclamation went into effect. June 19th, 1865 is when the black people in Texas found out, oh yeah, y'all been free for like over two years. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, yeah. And 30 years before 1863, England ended their slavery. So it's like they ended not that long before us. And it's like, you look at the two, like our two countries and it's about the same thing. It's like slavery yeah. was like throughout the world. It's like, everybody's like, hey, if you want work done, go get you some people from that little continent called Africa and bring them all over because slaves got dropped off in the U.S. They got in Britain, in South America, in the Caribbean. Hence why we have Afro-Latina people. Since I am someone who works in the medical field. um, Yeah. So for everybody who may not know this, so in medical books... especially for childbirth. They used to be in the books that Black women had a genetically higher threshold for pain. That used to be taught to doctors that it was okay not to give Black women medication or any kind of like anesthesia for childbirth because we were genetically 
able to have a higher threshold of pain, which is not true. We see medical racism to this day. Tuskegee um, is interesting because the experiment, they didn't give them anything. They just didn't treat their, they had latent syphilis. They just didn't treat them. They stopped, like they got, they, I think they lost the funding and they just let these people die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like there was, so when people were, t- when the vaccine came up, they're like, oh, well, you mean like Tuskegee? No, not like Tuskegee because there was no, they didn't give them syphilis. They did have syphilis. They just, they were trying to show how to treat them. And then they just say, you know what? I'm bored. Let me just go color something else and then let all these people die. And let's not even talk about Henrietta Lacks. Right. Because I'm in Baltimore, Maryland. So literally everybody knows about Henrietta Lacks because that happened at Hopkins. So Mm -hmm. it's like, there's a distrust because people are not forthcoming. So when they were talking about doing trials for COVID, they were like, we can't get black people to come and do these trials. I'm like, because they have so many reasons not to trust you. <laughs> it's like, you, mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's like black maternal health and black maternal deaths in this country is just tragic. There's no reason why a very healthy black woman comes in to give birth and dies because y'all didn't pay attention to her. And it's like, you're like, oh, no, you're, her husband is like, hey, so there's blood in her urine. I don't think this is supposed to happen. There's no way that Serena Williams should get up out of her bed and say something is wrong with me. Beyonce should not be saying, hey, something is wrong with me. You guys are the medical staff. And everybody was like talking about, oh, it's just low-income women. Serena Williams is not a low-income woman, and they weren't listening to her either. No. So it's like, for Black women, it's like, it's... We don't get the care in black in like hospitals when it comes to our um, giving birth to children. That's why some black women are now turning to doulas because they actually do care. So it's kind of like, why are you going with like doulas and midwives? I'm like, because one, black doulas are a thing. We all know one. Her name is Erica Badu. It's like, yeah, it's like we're switching to that because we need someone who's going to care about us. And for a lot of Black people in general, because we're going to talk about high blood pressure. We're going to talk about diabetes. This stuff goes unnoticed. And I lost a friend who his his team didn't care about him. They were just like, oh, you're like, you, because this is pre-COVID. So it's kind of like we're thinking, did he have COVID? And it's like he had lost so, he lost tons of weight before he passed. And it was just like, how? And he's like, I can't keep nothing down. I can't eat. And I'm like. Have you been to the doctor? He's like, yeah. And they just told me this. And I was like, uh. and then he passed away. And I was just like, because it's kind of like people like get you in and get you out. And then sometimes I think for a lot of black people, that's why they don't trust doctors. Cause some of them, like I tell my doctor stuff and I'm like, oh, it's nothing. Just, just, just lose weight. Mm-hmm. It's like, so that's as someone who is been fat for a very long time and people are like, do you have this, this, and this? I go, no, no, no. And they look at me like, what do you mean? No. I'm like, yeah, being fat doesn't mean I'm unhealthy. There's a lot, <laughs> there's a lot of thin people who are like in their thirties. They diabetes too. They're like, how do you get type two diabetes? It's for fat people. It's not, that's not how that, that's, that's not how insulin works. That's not how pancreas works. I know plenty of people who are like smaller than me and they have type two. I don't. It's like, yeah, there's people with, you're like, heart disease is a silent killer of black women because one, what test do you do regularly to check your heart? You know, you have pulmonary embolisms, you have heart attacks, you have seizures. It's like, it's so much, it's so much. And I can, it's like when you work in the health field, you understand why as a black person or 
let's like expand it. If you're an indigenous person, if you're a Hispanic or a Latinx person, you have a reason to be a little bit um, untrustworthy of the healthcare system right. because you have to look at the history. And until people actually recognize, hey, we did pre- people pretty bad. Mm-hmm. We treated like we treated our slaves like guinea pigs. Probably. It's like, yeah. yeah, like we we came here as bales of hay. So we'd be like, how come y'all not further? It's like, yeah, because when emancipation proclamation you just told them get off the plantation you didn't give them a job you didn't give them any you didn't land you didn't have give them a place to go so a lot of them stayed because they're like what am i going to do i have a family yeah welcome sharecropping right what what should what should the medical community be focusing on now um you know i it's hard because it's because there's so many layers to it, right? Mm-hmm. Even when I think of the funding, that means like I, I still don't understand why we don't have universal health care as just all, right? Like it shouldn't, people shouldn't be paying copays, you know, like it should be part of our system just because we're an American citizen, right? But yeah, mm-hmm. you know, un- unfortunately, we have a lot that disagree with that. They have the right to disagree. It don't make yeah. it right, but they have the right to disagree. Correct. What, what should the medical community be focusing on? Because there is not only uh, historical evidence of abuse, mm-hmm. there's also the willingness not to own it and not just mm-hmm. it, but make amends toward repairing. So it's like you're dealing with this complex layer and because it is so complex, mm-hmm. uh, the status quo just keeps going on. Well, you know, get a good job, get insurance, you know, and so it's like, we'll just ignore this while we still have this mm-hmm. So how how should the medical community ad- attempt to make reconciliation? So first, uh, recognize that there's a reason why people don't trust medical professionals, because a lot of people run their hospitals like businesses, because a lot of them are, it's, just, it's a business. It's no longer, um, this is to help people. It's more like, what's our bottom line? We have to get to the point, because when you talk about universal health care, we're looking at other country structures and they don't have the problems that we have. Hence why Italy can shut down their whole country quarantine for COVID. And it's gone after a few weeks. We're almost to the year since we shut down and it's not anywhere near it. And it's mostly because they paid people to stay home. They paid people. They stopped rent. They stopped mortgage. And they, I, I don't know if it was 100% of your salary or like 80%. Other countries actually gave people like monthly stipends to stay home. We didn't. And they're like, how did y'all get rid of it? We stayed home. I'm like, but I have to work. I still got my salary. And it was kind of like, we're seen as a superpower. And you see in the age of COVID, are we really a superpower? Because we don't have universal health care. They fought it tooth and nail. It's like they they're, they didn't want to have, they kept calling it Obamacare instead of Affordable Care Act because one, there was like this big disjointed thing. College students aren't all graduating at 24. So here it is. Um, It's about the dollar. The fact that you, like, if you look at someone who has a baby or goes to the ER, they itemize everything. If you have three boxes of tissues, they're charging you for it. It's like, this is 
this is ridiculous at this point. We overcharge, do you know, like the actual price of a heart transplant is probably half a million dollars. It's just like, it's, it's so much and it's not, and mind you, that Affordable Care Act document, hundreds of pages that people literally in Congress said they didn't even read. I didn't read all of that. Hi, hi, I am not going to read all that. You are voting on this. How are y'all not reading this? And it's kind of like, because it's so, I don't want to say divisive. It's, so, it's such a partisan issue. And I'm like, we're talking about healthcare. That is a bipartisan issue. It really should be. But for everybody is like, I can't let my side lose. It's like, these are people that are dying. There are people who literally, if it wasn't for the Affordable Care Act, they wouldn't have health care. Hmm. I think for, and you've been, have, you've been between jobs and you know about COBRA. COBRA is one of these things where it's like, it is a terrible idea. It is. <laughs> Cobra is a terrible idea. It's just like, oh, okay, I see you're leaving your job. So if you want to keep the same insurance you have, you're going to have to pay us $475 a month. I'm sorry, I don't have a job. What do you mean? Yeah. I'm like, what? It's like, Cobra, it, like insurance. I actually got into a debate with a guy. He was like, what do you mean? It's like, why aren't you talking about the business? I'm like, I'm talking about the person who is going through COVID, who is like lost his job. He has a family and a wife and he sees his Cobra bill. It is a terrible thing for people. I don't care about these insurance companies. I care about the people. It's like, yeah, if I just lost my job, I can't pay four or $500 a month for health insurance when I don't have a job. I'm looking for a job. It's just it's so much that needs to be changed. Um, you're probably old enough to remember HMOs yeah. and the big Kaiser debacle. I remember that. Where remember. literally it was like you had to call your, you couldn't even, I'm having a heart attack. Can't go to the hospital. Got to call Kaiser to say, oh, you can go to this hospital. It's 45 minutes away. Yep. And that's what used to have to happen. I'm like, I'm so glad they're gone. I think some people have them, but it's like, no one really picks them anymore. But still, no. though, it's like that's the kind of like case study and just terrible that we saw. It's like it's just gross, just gross for no apparent reason. Let's go here as a person of faith. And so are you. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of things like you mentioned. The only one is perfect is Jesus. Right. He's right. phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But sometimes church isn't right so um when it comes to mental health it's happening when it, when it, when it, comes, when it comes to mental health mm-hmm. it's like we don't know how to even discuss it it's like a it's like a four-letter word right mm-hmm. and it's 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 taboo and, and it shouldn't be it shouldn't right. be like you know this issue it should be something that should be you know as human as Breathing. Mm-hmm. How? <laughs> Let me phrase this correct. This question mm-hmm. correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, how should we walk with our fellow believers, with our fellow um, uh, humans in Christ that are struggling and and they have this, and not to demonize them, and not to make this seem like a completely separate issue, like their issue is greater than something else, right? Yeah. Talk, yeah. talk, talk to us about that. So the first thing being that 
if we know that God is all powerful, he is all knowing, there's no possible way you can be on this planet and don't think that God doesn't use people. That includes mental health professionals. There are a lot of Christians or of any faith that are mental health professionals, social workers, psychiatrists, psychologists. There's no way you can go like, oh, I can just, I don't need to do it because that's of the world. I'm like, yeah, he uses everyone. (laughs) It's like, yes. So we need to walk that back. And sometimes when we, there used to be the old adage, because we're old enough to remember, you can be black or you can be crazy, but you can't be black and crazy. I remember that. do that here. And it's like, that's the thing that we have to work our way out of. And for some people, they're like, just pray it away and it'll go away. I'm like, and that is not how mental health is. That's not how mental health ever works. And that's just a detriment because that literally is just signaling that you don't want to help someone. And it's like, I, it's like, there's a whole network of Christian because my therapist is a Christian. It was a whole network. There's definitely a lot of people. And because we're thinking that if you just pray it away, um, it's going to go away. And I'm like, yeah. So that's not how any of this works. Right. And it takes work. You are a whole person. And sometimes you need more than just prayer. Prayer is like a part of it. You need faith. You need prayer. And you need to realize that you are important enough that you've got to do more work. Sometimes it takes more work to like be mentally healthy. Some people like they don't have these mental health issues. They're just like, I've never felt this way. I've never thought about harming myself. I've never like really can get out of bed. Cause I mentally just could not get out of bed. Hmm. Like I've never been, I've never been that down. And it's like, yeah. Um, Cause sometimes I think people say, Oh, just pray about it. And they're not saying it from a good place. They're saying it condescendingly. And I don't like, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. It's like, don't do that. It's like, if you are like, oh, okay, I want to pray with you, but I'm also going to give you this list of individuals. Yeah, because mental health professionals go to church too. So there's that. And so everybody is not, everybody who is a um, officer in your church is not a mental health professional. And they don't have the range or the scope. And it's okay to look outside. There's some people who are, and sometimes you just need people to listen. But yeah, um, everybody doesn't have the range. I like that. Range <laughs> and scope. And scope. Have, and you don't have even oars. Mm-hmm. So you might be able to preach, but this you should probably be. <laughs> you should probably stay away from this because I'm messing everybody up with this. <laughs> no. Yeah, baby, this ain't your ministry. Your ministry right. is Bible study, but not my mental health. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Stephanie, where can it? Look, Stephanie's amazing, y'all. Connect with Stephanie. Stephanie, tell the people <laughs> where they can connect with you, where they can follow you, where they can support you, and they can share with you in your journey. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. You can find the Mocha Mendes podcast wherever you find podcasts. Um, Apple, Stitcher, Google Play, Tune, well, Google Podcasts now. Tune in CastBox. I'm also on Spotify, iHeartRadio, and I think I'm on Audible, and I'm trying to get to Pandora. Um, You can follow the show, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, the same handle, Mocha Minutes. If you would like to connect with me, you can also follow me on Twitter at SunnyTwoteThat. I am also, hopefully by, let's see, today is March. So by June 1st, 2021, I'll be launching my Patreon. And I'm also getting on buy me a coffee. So 
buymeacoffee.com slash mocha minutes. I am on there. Um, so yeah, I think that's all the ways you can contact me. <laughs> Look, connect with Stephanie, support her Patreon when it comes out in June. Yes. Support. I, I got threatened last night. They're like, when are you going to do it? It's like, yes, just do it because we love you. I was like, okay. <laughs> Listen to Mocha Minutes podcast. <laughs> One of these days, I hope to be on Mocha Minutes podcast. You definitely I- do. I would just tell you guys, it's 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 someplace where it's pretty open. This is I, I'm a, I'm at the age of being an auntie. I embrace it. I have a nephew, so technically I am an auntie. Um, so because I have a nephew, guys. Okay, with Stephanie, she's amazing. <laughs> and if you want to keep seeing amazing influencers like Stephanie, amazing podcast hosts, amazing gifts to humanity, you know what you got to do? You got to subscribe. To the YouTube page or YouTube at CV Space K. Let me know you're listening. Let me know you like Stephanie's content. I appreciate my guests. Until next time, guys. Thank you so much. Hey, what's up, everybody? You like what you saw? Were you entertained? Were you informed? We want to keep seeing amazing content. Subscribe at the link below. YouTube, CV Space K. You connect where all podcasts are streaming. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor. Connect with me. I want to connect with you. Let's enjoy the ride.